0: The Russian author Leo Tolstoy said, The two most powerful warriors are patience and time. In this week's episode, we consider how time and patience get us through the long game that is our art practice and give meaning to the short game. We also look at how to take care of the threads that we pull all along the way. Welcome to Starling, I'm Amy Markham. Thanks for joining me here to connect with your creative practice. In last week's episode, uh, we talked about symbolism, and I started to think about how understanding symbolism and our relationship to symbols in the world and in our work is really a long game. It for sure would take more than a week to get a handle on symbolism. So as I thought about where to go with this week's episode, and how to continue from the idea of symbolism, I feel like the time has come to discuss time. Because as artists, we really need to build a relationship with time in so many ways. And that relationship takes patience, a lot of patience. So I started considering what time means as an artist and how we develop our practice over time, which of course led me to some questions. What does it mean to be patient and still productive? How do we find that balance as an artist? When it seems like time has its own plans, we all have to let time do its work with us. Like with symbolism, there has to be time to develop a depth of meaning and a firm understanding of our own symbolic language. Time has to walk with us as we develop skills and allow experiences and meet new opportunities. So we have to be patient. But that doesn't simply mean that we're just waiting around. There's a long game and a short game going on here. And if you wanna think of it in that way, maybe you think of it like a sprint and a marathon that are happening at the same time. There is activity happening, even when we're trying to be patient in our own evolutionary process. We are evolving. And we have to remember that during this evolution, We just have to trust the process. Each moment leads us to the next, and each work of art that we create or experience that we have inspires us and leads us through our own evolution. And we just can't dictate that process because it's a shared experience. It's shared with time and place and other people and our history that we're embedded in. So we just have to show up And participate in the short game fully while we understand that the goal is actually beyond our knowing or understanding. Now, I know a lot of people talk about goal setting and they talk about it really seriously. And I know a lot of people that talk about where they want to be in five years or ten years. And I really do believe that it is good to have hopes and dreams and aspirations. So if that's your thing, then go for it. But I do want to add that we don't know where we're going to go or what's going to happen. And we also don't know how limited we are in our own understandings. So if we're setting goals from a limited place, it might limit what our goals could be. (laughs) So short game for sure, set goals. Um, Long game, maybe we trust the process. And that if we're putting in all of our best effort and All the co-creators along our path will take us farther than we ever could have imagined. I mean, sometimes it's important that we just relax and enjoy the ride. It goes back to Duchamp and that idea that our life is the masterpiece. That is the main work we are creating. And sure, all the artwork that we make along the way matters and is important, but it's that long game and that lifelong masterpiece that we're developing that We just have to enjoy and see where it takes us. I know that's easier said than done. It is often hard to enjoy, especially when it's bumpy or out of control. As artists, sometimes I feel like we put pressure on ourselves, um, whether that's from our own insecurities or our own desires, but other times it's from an external force like a career or family and friends or even social media that we feel this pressure, and that's a pressure that... We need to be better than we already are, or to achieve more, or sell more, or be farther along in something than we actually are. But I think as artists particularly, we really do need to step back and give ourselves permission to slow down and look at the evolutionary process. There is this idea that we have to be connected and pushing ourselves. And it's true in one way and totally wrong in another, because... Being connected is sort of slippery, right? Like, connected to what? Because I know that if I'm connected to my own internal voice and my spirit, then my work is much better and more meaningful than in cases where I'm like connected to what others want or social media and the pressures that are there. And then that idea of pushing pushing what? Pushing myself, pushing myself to grow or develop ideas, or pushing myself to fit into a mold. You know, that's like that idea of trying to fit yourself into Cinderella's glass slipper. And you know, in some versions of that story, the stepsisters actually cut off their own toes, trying to push themselves into that slipper, trying to be something that they really aren't. Pushing ourselves to find out what is ours is good pushing. Pushing into someone else's glass slipper is never going to work, and it hurts. And if you're connected to your own voice, you know that. And... I mean, all that pressure could do more than hurt you. It could break the slipper overall, and then it would be no good to anyone. Sometimes when we look at the world around us, there feels like there's this pressure, both internal and external, to be always producing these masterworks and major pieces. And it just doesn't work like that. Time asks us to have a natural rhythm and pace, and it's reflected all around us. Nature shows us that we have to have dormant periods. I mean, bears hibernate and cicadas go underground for years. Sometimes we just need to conserve energy, so we'll be ready when the big cycle hits. It's natural and it's important, and without it, we won't have the energy for the long game. After a sprint, we rest and we recover, and there is action happening in that recovery. It's just invisible action. It may seem like we're not doing anything, and to an outsider, we may sometimes look lazy or distracted. But sometimes, when it looks like an artist is doing nothing, there is a lot of production happening there. This is an invisible, internal, elaborate, unseen force that's working through our unconscious self. And it has its own schedule and works on its own time. It only becomes conscious to us when we're ready for it. Once maybe that it's aged and evolved, and then you can start production once it makes itself known. It won't be ready when we want it to be, or when others tell us it should be. But if you're busy shoving your foot into the wrong glass slipper, you won't even be there when it shows up. So make sure you take the downtime, and that you're patient but in action, always tending the soil, waiting for that seed to show up. And what I mean there, like, tending the soil is just maintaining our practice, working on developing our own personal relationship to the work that we create and making our way through with that work so that it's like fertilizer. You know, even when we make crap, it's just preparing the soil for what's coming. So then when that invisible process gives us that seed and we plant that seed into the ground that we've prepared with all the nutrients from everything that came before— That seed can grow and create more seeds until we've got a whole garden. You know, did you know that um, seeds from common fruit trees like apple trees, they all require this period of chilling before they can germinate, Um, and then they can't produce new trees until that happens. And then the trees themselves, they need dormant years to recover to produce better fruit. If you've been making work for a while, then you know how important dormant periods actually are. If you look back over any artistic output, you can experience seeing this. Looking back over periods of your life where there's like ebbs and flows and the timing of your work. There are always lifelong themes and answers that are embedded in there, and it can help you see your process more fully when you see the way time has influenced this as well. And give yourself permission to review that evolutionary process that you've been going through. If you look at it, I'm sure you'll see stops and starts and places where you were stuck. And then other places where the flood dams just opened and it moved you out of a comfort zone that you might have been stuck in for a long time. Then there are years where we stay in those zones and we work um, until there is a push for us to become more. Time changes as we're in that creative flow as well. And, well, maybe it's not that time changes as much as our relationship to time changes. I know you've had this experience where you'll be working on a project and it feels like maybe you've been working for an hour or two and then you look up and you realize you've worked, like, all night and forgotten to sleep. Or the opposite is, like, when you are doing something you really don't want to do and every minute seems like an hour... Time has this way of shifting even though it's a set structure because we experience it at different ways based on our relationship to it. How many of you put pressure on yourselves to get farther faster and feel like you aren't where you're supposed to be right now? Time is a tricky one because I'm about to have a birthday and the years aren't getting any slower. I'm not getting any younger, but also I'm still here And that's been questionable before for me, whether I was going to be here and alive to make work at all. Cancer reminds me fairly often that all of this is a gift and that time is limited here for all of us, and we should use it well. But with that said, I just have to be part of the process, committed to this short game and allowing the long game to be co-created with all that interacts with me in this life. It seems like right now, time is speeding along, and we live in a very, very, very fast-paced world. Everything happens at the speed of now. I know, personally, I felt like I should push myself so that by the end of summer break, which is basically right now, that I would be able to have created uh, enough artwork to apply for shows, developed this podcast to the fullest potential, create all the online courses I want to develop around the discussions I'm having here get everything in order, all my lesson plans, so that I have the best school year possible, and somehow relax and enjoy downtime with friends and family. But time is a tricky beast, and most of that didn't happen. At least not the way I expected it to. I did get to dip my toes into each of those areas a little bit. But if I had actually done all of that this summer, I wouldn't be proud of it, because honestly, it would have probably all been crap because I wouldn't have given it enough cooking time. Incubation is a real thing, and cooking time is a real thing. No one wants to eat something that's not fully cooked. And yet we live in this time that a lot of half-baked ideas are being thrown out for consumption. There are a lot of ideas that we have that just take more time. And I know personally that I'm going to let some of these things keep cooking, because I want them to turn out well. I want them to be good. No matter what the demands of our current culture says, it takes the ugly duckling a while to become a swan. You just can't rush it. And if you go out telling everyone that you're a swan while you're still in the ugly duckling phase, you might never be seen as the swan you actually are. I see all these people, like coaches and people on social media, talking about how we should just jump. And look, I I do believe that we should always be willing to jump even sometimes before we're ready. But that's the thing, though. Sure, jumping is important. Making the leap is important. Believing in your work, believing in yourself, all that. It's important. But the big one is be willing to believe in the process and jump into the process. Trust that time and allowing the process to take place is what will happen and work in your best interest, which might mean that if you're in the process, that it might need to go back into the oven for a little bit. Did you know that Darwin first came up with his theory of evolution in like 1836 or 1837? He had made notes and this sketch that document the idea coming to him around that time. But he had so much else going on, other work going on, life was keeping him busy. And he just steadily developed ideas as he worked on other things. Um, He got married, he had children, he was really sick for a while and had to go through a recovery period. He lost a daughter and had to go through mourning. All of this while he continued to study the ideas that helped him advance his understanding. And his initial sketch and, and that the notes later became an essay, and then he developed it more, until finally in 1859, On the Origin of the Species was published. It took all that cooking time for it to develop and grow from that initial jump, that little seed that was planted, It took a time and a process for it to find its way. Creating something new, whether it's the theory of evolution or an opera, takes time. It isn't something that's done in haste to meet some self-imposed deadline. All great work takes time and effort and energy, and it unfolds as it should over the long game. All the way there, along the way, there are going to be other works and projects that point you forward. Each step is important as each sketch is just permission to continue. A dance develops through individual steps, linked together, over a time that is set to its own rhythm. It can't be experienced all at once because it, it's a whole and it's created through parts. Everything that Darwin did in his life, all that he experienced, gave him the process he needed to understand evolution and find the best means of expression so that others could understand it. I just think his personal evolution in the development of his theory of evolution is sort of poetic. I think someone should make an Oscar-winning movie about that, The Evolution of the Theory of Evolution. All during the short game, and during the time that we're trying to be patient and yet productive, we start pulling threads, and we need to learn how to hold those threads, and defile them and keep them, or weed them out if we don't need them. You know what I mean, right? Like, if you've been developing your practice, you may be getting more and more ideas because I believe that when the muse knows that you are a willing participant in the creative process, she shows up and just starts throwing ideas out at you so that maybe you'll run with one of them. And you might, you might pick up one and you might run with it for a while before you realize that that's not the one and you're exhausted and you need to find your way back so that you can pick up a different thread to follow. Actually, you know what? This is a whole topic, and I think I'll cover this idea of pulling the thread um, in an upcoming episode, but I do want to focus on this idea of organization. Just make sure that you are keeping idea threads along the way. We can keep these ideas and plant them when we know we have the time to tend them. That means making sure that we set up some way to organize and maintain idea files. I know some people keep journals. Uh, For their ideas, others make um, digital boards and images that they keep on their computers. Some people make voice notes or recordings of themselves on their phone. I'm a little all over the place with this, but I'm mainly kind of old school. I use note cards and post-it notes. I keep note cards or post-it notes in the bathroom and by the bed, because that tends to be where I have my ideas. Something about being in the shower or about to fall asleep will trigger thoughts and ideas. So I have um, a box of files and file folders for certain threads, like certain symbols or themes or project ideas, and then I can stick the post-it notes or postcard things down into those files and just pull them out when I'm ready to work. If you're anything like me, as soon as you get one idea going, a million non-related ideas start to show up too. And I do want to keep those, so I have file folders for all sorts of tangents. Um, I don't want to lose those ideas, but I also don't want to become completely sidetracked when I'm in the middle of one project. So I just write them down and pull them out later, like when I'm having artist blocks, so that I can work with something that I've already thought of. And also make sure that you take time to declutter those files and get rid of some ideas, because at a certain time, the idea has passed and it's not really going to be fruitful for you. Make sure you create some sort of method for maintaining these ideas that could be seeds that come for you later. It can be as messy or as organized as you need, but it is important and a part of your process that you figure out how you store and maintain the seeds that have come to you so that they can develop over time. So with that said, let's consider some practices around time and patience and process. Consider How you plan to maintain your ideas for the long game. Do you have a filing system for your ideas? And not just works that other people make that inspire you, like you might do with a Pinterest board, but for your personal ideas. So those ideas have a home and a place that you can go back to them and evaluate them and decide if the time is right for that idea. Then also... Uh, I suggest that you evaluate your personal relationship two-time and the long game versus the short game. Check your patience, your procrastination, and your permission. Know whether you are pushing yourself too much or not enough and give yourself permission to evaluate your progress so far. And maybe make some short-term plans and commit to the process so that you can expand the long game a little bit. Of course, I would suggest some symbolic and philosophical thinking here about time. It might be a good place to consider symbolic connections you've made with time, whether that be with understanding seasons or cycles or clocks and timepieces in general, and the way humans document time, stories about time and time travel, anything that has a little seed about time that might be inspiring for you to consider. Then think about what influences your own view on your relationship with time, especially in your art practice, but also in your life. Are you worried that you're too old to do this or too young to do this? Are you afraid that you're too busy and that there isn't enough time in the day? Is it a waste of time for you to commit to your artistic practice? Follow that thread back and see where those ideas come from. And as always, if you have a seed that is planted from that idea of time Water it and see what grows. Okay, so thinking about this, I think that this episode may have really just been a personal pep talk about time and preparing for my summer break to end and being about to turn 45, knowing that I haven't done all the things. I actually don't think I will ever be done with all the things. That decision will just be made for me at some point, and that's fine because I trust the process. So, Thanks for letting me think this through a bit here. I hope you found my ramblings about time to be somewhat useful, and maybe that I'm not alone in this whole idea that the flow of time is something that we need to just jump in and fully commit to, and at the same time be patient and relax with. I want to take a moment and thank those of you who have been listening with me this summer and reached out and encouraged me and made me feel like this summer side project has been a worthy endeavor and a good use of my time. As school starts, I know that I probably won't be able to continue this weekly, and I'll just have to see what time allows. But I will make time for my personal creative practice during the school year, and Starling is now a part of that, so I'm sure time will find a way. Well, let me know how time is working with you. You can find me on Instagram at the Starling Creative, Twitter at Art Teacher Amy, or on my Facebook page, Starling Creative Living. In the show notes, I will link you to my website, Starling Creative Living, and the content that's included there. Um, My weekly playlist, you know, just some songs to pass the time and make you think about time and creativity. Um, And I'll put some other things there that I find relevant to this conversation about time and being patient as an artist. I hope you have plenty of time this week to do everything that you need to. And as always, enjoy your process.